Earlier today in Washington, D.C., another career politician said something really, really stupid. Officials are concerned that ignorance and stupidity has blatantly crossed party lines and unfortunately has made its way to those appointed by elected officials as well. You don't say. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. You have just entered Liberty Lighthouse, where we cut through the fog with common sense logic. Coming to you from Pennsylvania, the state of independence. Here he is, U.S. Navy veteran, author of the book, Progress, Really? And your freedom-loving host, Peter Seraphine. Welcome to Liberty Lighthouse. I am the keeper of the Liberty Lighthouse, your beacon of common sense, your wiki, if you will, Peter Seraphine. I urge you to join this conversation by calling 64 My Rights, that's 646 974 4487, and go to liberty lighthouse.com, sign up to be a member. Now, let's start the show. Today, we're going to talk about our two major political parties here in the United States, the the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, and how both of these parties are migrating to the left. We're going to talk about at least one reason why that might be happening, and we're going to ask the question, where does that leave people like me, small government fiscal conservatives? Let's start by defining our two major political parties, or at least their names. Democrat is defined as an advocate or supporter of democracy, or as I like to refer to it, mob rule. I've said before, democracy is wonderful on a small scale. Town and counties do great with pure democracy, but on a national level, it never works. And a Republican is defined as a person advocating or supporting a Republican government, or a representative democracy, like the Republic of the United States of America. So, using those definitions, I am a Republican. I haven't voted for a Republican presidential candidate in several election cycles, and I refuse to register as a Republican because I don't think the Republican Party has my ideals in, in their platform anymore. There seem to be quite a few voters like me out there. Gallup, in January 2018, reported that there were more independent voters than Democrats or Republicans. Even if we registered independent voters, lean one way or another, we don't lean hard enough to feel that we can identify with one of those two parties. As a matter of fact, that same Gallup report in January says that over 40% of the voters in America are registered as uh, independent. And 28 and 29 percent registered as Democrat and Republican, and I forget which was which, I'm sorry. Anyway, the independents, 40 percent, Democrats and Republicans are both slightly below 30 percent. Believe it or not, that fact alone may be contributing to our two major political parties both shifting to the left. A lot of states, mine included, have closed primary elections. In a closed primary, you can only vote in your primary election if you are registered as a Democrat or Republican. And a registered Democrat can only vote in the Democratic primary, and a res registered Republican can only vote in the Republican primary. So just that alone means that 40% of the voters aren't represented in the primary process at all. 
So what that usually means is independent voters like myself end up with a choice of the most Democratic Democrat or the most Republican Republican to vote for. Never anyone in the middle. It is very rare that a so-called moderate can win a primary election. Looking at this all the way up at the presidential level, the Republican Party actually controls its own debates when there's a primary runoff for a presidential candidate, and the same with the Democratic Party controlling their debates when there's a presidential Democratic primary, like we're having right now. So what happens? The Democratic Party gets to control who can participate in the Democratic debate, and the Republican Party the same thing. And these two parties don't want to see independent candidates on their stage, so they make the rules really hard for independents to get on that stage. This is a case of the two-party system doing a pretty good job of silencing the myriad of other political parties out there. So the, the two-party political system that we have not only perpetuates the two-party system, but it also polarizes the two-party system more so than, well, us, the electorates, because it's usually the candidate that most closely toes the party line, the official party line, that will win the nominations. Usually. Not always. Sometimes there are surprises, i.e. Donald Trump. Now, I mentioned the myriad of other uh, political parties out there. If you haven't done so yet, I would love all of my listeners to go to isidewith.com. That is I-S-I-D-E-W-I-T-H.com. Isidewith.com is a pretty cool site. I should probably warn you that if you're going to take full advantage of isidewith.com, it's going to take some time. If you haven't been there yet, I'm going to take just a few seconds to explain it. If you have been there, you can, you know, hum to yourself and ignore me for a moment. iSideWith.com helps you decide what political party you should probably belong in and which political candidates you most agree with. And you might be surprised at how much you agree with candidates you think you hate or you think that you don't have anything in common with. How it works is there's a very lengthy, detailed quiz about uh, political policies and political opinions. And you answer each of these questions. And if you don't like the answers that are there, you can even type in your own answers. And then for each question, you rate how important that position is in your personal beliefs. And then once you finish, you answer as many questions as you like or as few as you like. When you're done with the quiz and you submit your answers, it then scrubs and searches what different candidates have said on these topics and what they may have put in questionnaires and shows you that, you know, you're an 86% match to candidate A and a, and, and an 82% match, match to candidate B and, and your uh, political party affiliation, you're, you know, partly libertarian and a little bit conservative and a little this and a little that or whatever. Um, when I do it, my political party dot falls somewhere between the Constitution Party and the Libertarian Party. But I was really surprised to see how much the more liberal candidates, 
still have in common with a more conservative person like me. Like our answers were not as far off on everything as we think they are. They obviously are quite far off on some things, but there are a few things where we line up on. Anyway, like I said, if you haven't used iSideWith.com, I highly recommend it. That's where I found a big list of other political parties that I didn't even know existed. So when I got my iSideWith.com results and saw that I fell between the Constitution Party and the Libertarian Party, I thought, hey, let me get online, go to some social media places, and see if I can't connect with members or even groups or pages of these other political parties that I've never had any affiliation with before. So it was my experience that the Libertarians, well, they, for lack of a better term, they, they eat their own. If you're not complete libertarian, anarchist, anti-government all the way 100% of the time, then you're not libertarian enough. And to some extent, the the uh, Constitution Party was the same way. Like, if you were not 100% in lockstep with their stated party line, they didn't want to have anything to do with you. Couple that with the streaker at the National Convention of Libertarians a couple of years ago, it's really hard to take either of those two parties seriously. So as far as I can tell, we've got a two-party system that is perpetuating a two-party system, and no other parties that I can take serious enough to think that they might challenge the two-party system. And like I said at the beginning of the show, and kind of the point of this episode, is that our two parties are both migrating to the left. They're both becoming more liberal, more progressive. For example, it's pretty obvious that the Democratic Party eh, might as well just change their name to the Socialist Party. Um, long gone are the Democrats like JFK, who said, you know, famously, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Now the Democrats don't think that you can do anything for them. As a matter of fact, the Democrats don't seem to think that you can do anything for yourself. They think that you need the government to give you everything and to do everything for you. That scares me a lot because the Democrats are basically becoming socialists, and I am one of those that believe that socialism is just a step towards communism. And if you refer back to episode 7 of the Liberty Lighthouse, you'll see just how much of the Communist Manifesto has already infiltrated our republic and is already well entrenched in our government. Democratic Party is becoming the Socialist Party. And fear not, the void left where the Democratic Party used to be is being taken over by, well, the Republican Party. The tax and spend policies that used to be synonymous with the Democratic Party are now common practice within the Republican Party. They all just want to keep raising taxes and keep spending the money and, oh wait, spend more money than we actually have, even if we raise taxes. Case in point, the $1.4 trillion omnibus spending bill from you know a couple of weeks ago that puts us another trillion dollars in debt next year. Our two political parties have both migrated so far to the left that now even a moderate conservative is looked at as a right-wing extremist. My wife thinks that I'm a cranky right-wing nut job who's probably got himself on multiple watch lists in, in Washington, D.C. just because I do this podcast and wrote my book. 
just in case she's right. Hey, NSA agent, pay attention, will you? This is civics. They don't teach this in school anymore. Anyway, so our two political parties are both shifting to the left, and that's leaving real conservatives, well, nowhere to go and no party to affiliate to anymore. And I think that's about time to take a break. When we come back from the break, I'm going to give you my opinion as to why I think that both of our parties are shifting to the left. And, uh, well, what maybe we might possibly be able to do about it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share Liberty Lighthouse any chance you get. Tell everybody about it. And call in your questions, comments, and concerns to 64MyRights. That's 646-974-4487. We'll be back with more Liberty Lighthouse in under a minute. Welcome back. Thank you for sticking around at the Liberty Lighthouse. Uh, Where were we? So our Democratic Party is becoming the Socialist Party, trying to give away everything for free. And our Republican Party is stepping to the left, to the spot that has been vacated by the Democratic Party. But nobody's stepping up to fill in the gap with a real, honest, third-party choice for we, the conservative voters. So that's what's happening. Well, why is it happening? I have a theory. You may have heard me say this before, because I'm pretty sure I say it in almost every episode. Government grows. All governments grow. The founding fathers of the United States knew that when they wrote our Constitution, and that is why they put so many restrictions in the Constitution as to what the federal government was actually allowed to do. And what they were not allowed to do, i.e. take away our rights as citizens. So, the Founding Fathers feared government growth. Feared government growth probably more than anything else. They wrote the Bill of Rights that lists out rights that we, the people, have that the government cannot take away from us. The Bill of Rights is not a list of rights that are given to us by our government. The Bill of Rights is a list of restrictions. It is a list of things that the government cannot take away from we the people. Then also in the Constitution is the 30 to 36, depending on how you count them, uh, powers given to the federal government. The 30 to 36 enumerated powers, as they're referred to, the actual things that our government is allowed to do. Now, one of the questions that I ask often is how do we have 430 federal agencies and departments to deal with 30 to 36 powers? Hmm. Seems to me that there shouldn't be any more than, say, 36 departments to deal with up to 36 powers. And by the way, the 30 to 36 thing, I like to clarify this. In the Constitution, one of the examples is it says that, well, the government can create a navy. And then in another spot, it says the government can fund a navy. So the 30 to 36 is whether you count that as one or two powers. Okay, so back to the point here. The point being, government grows. All governments grow. And what happens is our governments grow to the point that they become like their own breathing, living organisms. 
They have bureaucrats within them that have been there for so long that have not been elected, who have their own agendas and keep things trucking along regardless of who gets elected in. Agencies are made, people are given jobs, and maybe they were supposed to be temporary jobs, temporary agencies. But as we all know, there is nothing more permanent than a temporary government program. So government grows. These people have their jobs. They're going to fight to keep their jobs. They're going to justify having their jobs, even though they weren't supposed to have them for more than said amount of time. So government grows. Government becomes its own thing. And basically, government becomes a big governmental machine that does not care about anyone or anything except for the expansion of government and the absorption of more power to the government. That's all it cares about. Our federal government really doesn't care about us anymore. Our federal government only cares about getting bigger, richer, and more powerful. So what I believe has happened to our political parties is our two major political parties, the Democrats and the Republicans, have been absorbed and swallowed up by this monstrous government machine. You know, maybe that's not exactly right. Maybe the two political parties haven't been swallowed up by the monstrous government machine. Maybe the two political parties are just trying to get out of the way of the big monstrous government machine. Either way, it doesn't really matter. The point being, the government machine is taking on a life of its own, and it wants to absorb everything it can. However, it can't do that as long as it abides by the restrictions within the Constitution. Our government can only grow if we allow it to overstep those bounds of those 30 30 or so enumerated powers. It can only grow if we allow it to keep doing more and more stuff, supposedly, for us. Examples being the idea of you know, free college or nationalized health care or whatever big government leftist program is being pushed at the time. They all grow government. Every time a new job is created in Washington, D.C., every time a new department or agency or sub-agency or office is opened, it grows government. Government has grown to the point of being $23 trillion in debt, and nobody can stop it. Even the few people that go to Washington and try to raise a big stink about the fact that we're $23 trillion in debt, they get nowhere because the government machine just swallows them up. One of the key principles to being a conservative is fiscal restraints, and another is resisting government growth. Government cannot grow without trampling on rights. And that is why I host this podcast. This is my humble effort to try to wake up as many people as I can to see that as government grows, we lose rights. As a small government conservative who hopes to see fiscal restraints in Washington again, I am most likely labeled as a right-wing extremist nut job. And to be honest, I am completely okay with that label. If it makes you feel better to call me a right-wing extremist nut job, so be it. With both of our major political parties migrating to the left, 
you know, what took several decades is slow, gradual migration to the left. And suddenly in the last five, ten years has become a trot, if not an outright run to the left. Those that are on the right are getting left behind entirely. We need to find a political party. We need to find political candidates that will try to put fiscal restraints back on our federal government and try to get our government smaller again. It has grown way larger than it ever should have been allowed to grow. So sure, maybe I am a right-wing extremist nut job, but I bet there's a whole lot more right-wing extremist nut jobs out there just like me. Our political parties are migrating to the left at an astonishing rate. They're instituting socialism and even communism into our federal government, something that would never have been thought of 20, 30 years ago. Look back to the McCarthy hearings way back when, when the Red Scare was going on and everybody was afraid of Russia. And Senator McCarthy was out searching for communists in America. If that was going on today, he wouldn't have to look any further than our own government. It would take him about 32 and a half seconds to fill the Senate floor with people who have switched over and instituted communist and socialist programs in our own government here in the United States of America. The McCarthy hearings of 1954, well, if they were held today, it would just wipe out half of our elected officials and half of our government. Well, that might not actually be a bad thing. Well, as I often do, I feel like I'm starting to ramble, so it seems like a good spot to uh, call an end to this episode of Liberty Lighthouse. If you're out there listening to this and you have political parties that I should really look into, somebody who might be able to help the fiscally responsible conservative voter, I would really love to hear about those. Please give us a call at the uh, 64 My Rights, 646-974-4487. Tell me all about it. I'd love to hear about some political parties that might be able to help the fiscally responsible conservative voter that I wasn't able to find. As usual, there will be a follow-up episode to this show next week. So get your questions, comments, and concerns into that 64 My Rights phone number by Thursday if you want to be included into the next show. And until next time, protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Lighthouse podcast. Be sure to sign up at liberty-lighthouse.com to download my free ebook from the file shares page. Don't forget, call 64 My Rights with your questions, comments, and concerns for the show. That's 646-974-4487. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend about the Liberty Lighthouse. Whatever platform you're listening from, subscribe, rate, leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you.